Happy New Year! We're back once again with the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald coming right back at you here along with my good friend. Well, you know him from Lakerholics.net. He's the man behind it. And also, you got to be a part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Tom, I just wanted to again wish you publicly a Happy New Year to you and your family and a great new decade to come. Same to you, Gerald. It's a, It's been a fun time doing the podcast with you. I really appreciate your professionalism and how you hold everything together. And looking forward to uh, another decade of podcasts. I'm looking forward to as well as also the rise of the Lakerholics.net experience also is coming to fruition as well. Glad to see everything as far as the comments are concerned. Everybody's getting excited about the Lakers season that's coming up in this part of the season. So I'm I'm just so happy for that. The Lakers are are looking a little bit better now. The homestand, home cooking as it were, just more excitement has been generated. Some still signs of concern. And as I said before we went on the show, you're you know, I don't know, maybe it's the change in seasons or whatnot, but I don't know, maybe I've been in your head a little bit too much, uh, but I, I think you're getting a little bit more like me, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing, uh, or maybe it is just more, you know, practicality, sensibility, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, my friend, you know, you've been going out on Twitter and saying some things as far as your opinions on, on some things that need to be done with the Lakers, and we'll discuss that here in a second, but let's get to the good. The Lakers are now back on a five-game winning streak, home cooking indeed. They're now four games ahead in the Western Conference of everybody else, which obviously is a good sign. So maybe Frank Vogel maybe can you know, kind of rest maybe LeBron and AD for a game or two. You know, hey, give it up for you know maybe a game or two or whatnot. The Knicks are in town, you know, Tuesday. Maybe rest one of them. You know, just an idea I'm throwing out there. You know, just saying that whatnot. But it would be nice, yeah, wouldn't it? It would be nice. I think it's smart to go ahead and do that to say, hey, I'm going to give one or both of you a night off. In fact, you know what? Give them both a night off. Don't yeah. worry about the streak against under 500 teams. Give them both a night off so you can go ahead and and just you know, get them the time type of rest they need. But you know LeBron's not going to stand for it. Nah, neither is AD. You know AD's always had this reputation in previous years of getting dinged up all the time and you know and missing games. He'd play 60 games, 70 games a year, but never 82. And it's almost like he's uh, intentionally wanting to make sure that that reputation doesn't stick to him on the Lakers because uh, it doesn't matter how dinged up he is. He's going out there and playing, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I've been watching the evolution of Frank Vogel's comments from, you know, first being angry that we blew the lead and, you know, and let teams come back. And then the next game, that was a, that was a 36 point lead that we blew. Then the next game we blew a 24 point lead. You know, I don't know about that. Last night he was just grateful that we get the win. <laughs> And you can sort of see that the evolution is that, you know, well, we've got some problems and, uh, and I, and I, and I think he's, I think he's starting to realize that, that uh, the problems when LeBron is off the floor are more serious than he thought at first. And he's always been a guy who's, I, I've been suspect of him from an analytic standpoint. And he has always mentioned, for example, with Rondo that, he looks at players like Rondo and, and doesn't look at them entirely by just what the stats say. 
and the stats are, are, are pretty brutal in this case because uh, the Lakers with AD and, and LeBron on the floor have, you know, one of the best rating net ratings in the league, like 12.5. When it's uh, just LeBron on the floor, it's still like a net rating of over nine. Um, but when it's just AD on the floor and you lose LeBron's playmaking ability as well as his scoring ability and his intelligence, we drop to a minus six. And that shouldn't, that shouldn't happen. And I think it's frankly a direct reflection on, on the problems that Rondo has had since he came back from that hamstring injury. You know, I'd really turned around there and, and uh, I was actually lobbying you pretty heavily to support Rondo in his first, his first 11 games as those first 13 games that he played, he really had great numbers and he was, he was doing a terrific job. He was shooting well from the outside. Shooting well, but, but also also not just dribbling the ball the entire time, and and uh, but now he's just like I mean, it's almost like he's determined to get Kuzma traded rather than him, you know, the, the way he's ignoring Kuzma when he cuts and he's open and dribbles the ball down until the clock's run out, and his defense has been horrible. So a lot of the things that I've been pushing in, in Twitter and and on LakerHolics.net have been surrounding the fact that. Of those three things that we desperately need, you know, the third scorer, the second playmaker, and an elite defend wing defender, then the, the need for that second playmaker has really started to become a dominating force behind all of the opinions that I'm expressing about what the Lakers need to do in order to fix their problems. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, my friend. Um, Rondo has just looked awful in this series of, of games that they've gone on this homestand, especially he's looked yeah. really bad and I'm not going, was not, I was not drinking that Kool-Aid, my friend. He's, he's really not been good in the entire time he's been with the Lakers. Uh, you know, he well, goes back to even well, last year. Defensive, there, defensive, no, I'm I, the numbers stand out. With Kool-Aid. The numbers dictated out, my friend, defensively, he's been absolutely horrid. Yeah. Uh, you know, when he was shooting 53%, okay, that's great. But again, I, it's still, there, there's a lot, the law of averages, we're just going to catch up with him at some point in time. But defensively, his defensive rating, as I noted to you before even the series uh, season even started, that, you know, that the ratings were there. The, the numbers were there over the course of a year. You know, now that he was going to be on a better team, maybe his import, um, performance was improved. And you know what? People started to buy into it. But now we've seen Rondo in this latest winning streak. They're winning despite him. They're not winning because yeah. of him. They're winning despite Rajon Rondo. And that is the problem that uh, need, they need to address. Kuzma, he's on one minute. He's <clears> off <throat> one game. He's off on one game. Yeah. He's off one game. That's too inconsistent right now. That's that's not a good sign as well. I don't, you know, we don't know where he actually fits in the offense because he gets shots one game. He doesn't get it the other. And I feel bad for him in a way because if he doesn't start out hot, he's not going to get the ball later right. on if in the entire game. And that's, that to me is an issue. He needs to get consistent time and minutes before you go ahead and say, let's go ahead and eject him for the first available player that you see in the marketplace. So uh, I, I'd like to give Kuzma a little bit more of an opportunity before you go ahead and eject. You still have time before the trade deadline. Right. And I know you've you've lauded uh, you've lobbied for players such as uh, Boyan Bogdanovich from Sacramento. I'm not as keen on Bogdanovich as you are, uh, but I think that you know I don't think you're trading. I don't think you're getting a drastic improvement if you go ahead and get him. It is improvement, more consistent, but I'm not sure it's as much as you wanted to, or it's as much it's going to be needed for the Lakers long term. 
I still think that the trade with some of the players that we saw last night in Detroit, I think that was probably a, uh, something that you could do that's more feasible and probably more effective because if you were able to go ahead and get Derek Rose, and I know there's been some issues because of his uh, unlawful background, I should say, right. for lack of a better term. Uh, Christian Wood, who has come, you know, basically off the scrap heap and and made himself a capable player, and also Markeith Morris, which you noted to me was the wrong Morris you wanted, but still <laughs> he shoots very well, plays okay defense. Again, that still leaves you to go ahead and try out Darren Collinson, uh, Andre Iguodala. I'm I'm talking about the getting rid of the the players that are not effective for you now, and I'm not talking about. Uh, Boogie Cousins because right. it's it's clear that that Rob Palenka wants to go ahead and keep Boogie Cousins because of the hope that he might bring to you once he gets back from his injuries. But still, the Troy Daniels of the world, the Quinn Cooks of the world, the Jaron Dudleys of the world, those individuals you you know th- they don't play. So the problem, the problem with those individuals is they also don't have trade value. Yeah, well, they don't have trade value, but Kuzma does. So if you're able to go ahead and eject Kuzma and those three players, you have that space. It doesn't ruin the team chemistry, so to speak, because Kuzma is the only one that really plays effectively or anytime at all. And Kuzma, you know, on a lot of occasions can be easily replaced. Don't let my daughter hear that because she and I are both still big <laughs> fans of Kuzma. But I got to say what I say, you know, like you said, I, I, I just I tell it like it is. I see the Lakers for what it is. And I tried to go ahead and ascertain they do need some things that they need to take care of. Does of uh, any fix that you brought up or we brought up really help the situation? The ones that are feasible, no. I mean, the ones that we go ahead and and we talk about on Twitter that are really feasible, that we could possibly get, we could possibly get a Boyan Bogdanovich. We could possibly get a Derrick Rose and and some other players. That could help, but I'm not sure it's a fix-all. I think if Iguodala can come back and get we get him, and Darren Collinson, he is somebody that, even though he's been out of the league for six months, which you and I know is sometimes a lifetime and it's a hard right. to catch up, especially for a 32-year-old player. Taking a flyer on him wouldn't be so bad because he can shoot the three consistently. He's proven that when he led the league two years ago. He proved that last year when he was still a very effective player. I, I think that's something the Lakers need to take a chance on because these back rotation players who do not play very much at all you need to go ahead and start tweaking now and, and go ahead and see if you can have and see if you have something special for the long term. Right. I think there's a couple of things that have jumped out to me. I think we've gotten answers to two questions that are really hard questions to answer. One of them is a certainty that Rondo is not the answer for the second playmaker. I think the jury's still out on the question about whether or not Kyle Kuzma is the answer for the third score. And the only benefit of the doubt that I'm giving Kuzma at this point in time is that I don't think he's got a point guard in the lineup that's really giving him a fair chance. So I think over the next two or three weeks, as we watch what happens, Kuzma's got to come through and perform. He's got to come through and show that he's worth it. And if he doesn't, then I think the Lakers are going to make changes. I'm in the middle of an article that I'm almost ready to publish on Lakerholics.net and on Medium. Uh, And the gist of the article basically is that the Lakers don't have the trading chips or the assets to make a big move that counts. But what they do have is opportunities to make five small moves that could 
equal a big move. And those five small moves are a couple of things. They're, they're, they're moves basically to replace five players on the roster by trade and then to replace them with uh, two people that they get back in trade and three players that they uh, add as free agents. Um, well, actually, two players as free agents. One of them is an upgrade from a two-way contract. So the article, basically, the gist of it, the first step, basically, is that I really do believe that Bogdanovich would be the perfect fit for the Lakers. There was a great article uh, with Bill, Bill Simmons and, uh, and uh, uh, a couple of other people had brought up the trade. And, and I think that there are three things that you get out of Bogdanovich. The first is to realize that he's three years older and a lot more mature than Kuzma is. He's much more of a polished and finished product, whereas Kuzma is still uh, a work in progress. Um, Bogdanovich is by far a better three-point shooter. He's uh, by far a better defender. His real, his real plus minus defensively is excellent. Uh, and he's a great playmaker. He actually averages three and a half assists. The Lakers don't have anybody other than Kuz or other than Rondo, who even averages two assists per game. So Bogdanovich is actually has very high ratings. If you look at his B-ball index, he's ex excellent ratings, A minus for pick and roll handlers and pick and roll scorer. So he's the guy who can score off a of pick and roll. And he's the kind of guy who would really, I think, make a big impact for it. Um, the trade would be uh, Kuzma uh, and uh, probably uh, Cook. That makes up enough money so that you can make that trade. Kuzma and Cook for Bogdanovich. And then I would take that extra roster spot and I would give it to Collison. Uh, I think Collison, Collison has shot over 40% for four straight years. So he's an outstanding shooter. He doesn't have a large volume, but the thing that's great about him is that he doesn't take bad shots. He's very decisive about when he shoots and when he doesn't shoot. He moves the ball. He can play on and off the ball. Um, he's an excellent defender, and he basically is a, is a guy who doesn't make mistakes. He's got one of the best uh, assist-to-turnover ratios uh, for any of the players in the league at this point in time, and you just hope that he can get back uh, you know, after being off six months. I think that's a valid point if, if he comes back. And I think the key is that the Lakers are in a better position. They can offer him the $1.75 million trade, uh, injured player exception that they got from DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, which is twice what anybody else can offer him because that's a that exception doesn't prorate itself over the season the way that uh, the minimum veteran exception does and others do. So he gets that full 1.75 million. The most the Clippers could offer would be 900,000. And then there's the main issue of playing time. Uh, the Lakers can offer him more minutes and more responsibility. Uh, he theoretically could start with the Lakers and he couldn't with the Clippers. Uh, from there, then I think you move to what I think is the next trade that's, that's really essential trade. And I think that, that the goal of, of that trade is to, is to basically uh, improve the team's playmaking, defense, and rebounding. And, uh, and I think that the player that the Lakers want to get is Robert Covington. Uh, I think they could trade Horton Tucker, Bradley, and Daniels for Robert Covington. That brings them a that brings them a wing player who's an elite defender. He's only shooting thirty three percent from three, but he's been better than that in the past. Um, you immediately get a second defender in there, uh, and you get two roster spots that you open up. And I'd give one of those roster spots to Iguodala, and I'd give the other roster spot by promoting 
uh, Kaycock, who I think is an outstanding young player who plays defense, hits the boards hard, fills up some of the gaps that we've got in power forward. Um, and you end up with five-player trade, basically. You're putting in five new players for the five players that you lose. You lose Cook, you lose uh, Daniels, you lose uh, Kuzma, Bradley. And, and in return, you, you're picking up some excellent players. You're picking up a point guard that you need who can fill that second uh, playmaker need. You're picking up a scorer in defend, uh, defenders in Iguodala and Covington. Um, you're getting Kaycock some playing time, and he's a player who basically we moved to two ways simply because we couldn't afford to lose him. He's just such a good prospect for the South Bay Lakers. Um, and I think those are the types of moves that you've got to make. You're not going to make a big trade. We're not going to make a big trade where we're going to give Danny Green and anything over $10 million a year or $12 million a year. You basically have to include somebody like Green just as a salary ballast. This way you keep the core uh, – chemistry of the team together. And at the same time, you improve defensively, you improve playmaking wise, you improve shooting wise. You've got a guy like Bogdanovich, who's his three and a half assists per game. And you've got a guy like Collison who averaged six assists per game. So all of a sudden your playmaking is better. You're more of a defense. You're more of a veteran team because you've added veterans over younger players. Uh, and that's, a, that's, I think what you have to do as a Lakers for a win now situation. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Some things I'm going to nitpick on it because you know, that's just me. Uh, as you always say, I'm the glass half full guy. First off, uh, you know, as far as a hustle standpoint, you know, Kaycock, you know, Devontae, nice guy, but undersized. You know, 6'8", uh, you know, if you want to play him at the center's position, he's going to get eaten alive in the NBA. We don't need him at the center position. We're so strong at center that it, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, we had three guys who blocked 18 shots yesterday. But he'll never get any time at power forward. It, you know, and he just, he's the 14th and 15th guy on the roster. Look at the guys that you get who really are going to make a difference. You're getting Collison. You're getting Bogdanovich. Oh, well, hold on. Well, that's why I've got. I think I've got something a little bit better. And, I, and again, I made, I, again, I, I made the trade out there, and I put it out there on Lakerholics.net. I still think, uh, you know, you you go ahead and trade Kuzma, you trade Cook, and you trade Daniels or Dudley, and you get D Rose, Marcus Morris, and you also get. Uh, you know, um, Marcus, Marcus Morris, or no, you get Mark, you get, uh, Marquise, Marquise, Marquise. you get Marquise Morris, you get Christian Wood. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I think that's probably a better situation for the Lakers. All three can hit the uh, the outside you like shot. Those, you like those better than Collison, Bogdanovich? And- well, hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. Definitely better than Bogdanovich uh, because of the fact I think that it's going to take a little bit more to get Bogdanovich than what the Lakers have. Uh, I do think he's playing. He's a solid player. Uh, Bogdanovich is, and I think he's an upgrade from Kuzma, but I don't think he's a substantial upgrade that is going to be able to make a, a, a discernible difference. I think D Rose is a great playmaker. Uh, you know, it doesn't hit the outside shot well, but anything from 15 feet in, he's really good. And he still has some of his quickness from his mm-hmm. MVP days. Not mm-hmm. all of it, but you saw it last night when they played the Lakers. Yeah. He was still very, very effective. Markeith Morris, uh, shooting, uh, almost at 40% from the three point lane. And he, you know, he's a, Decent six eight wing for there for you can yeah not necessarily play great defense but plays solid enough defense and does rebound for you and also like I mentioned Christian Wood who has come on off the scrap heap to to show everybody that he can do more than fill it up with three pointers and he played pretty good last night against the Lakers front line although he you know he and Andre Drummond really helped out the Lakers block party really a, a lot that was mm-hmm. interesting to see but you know he he's a decent player as well I think he'd be an upgrade from Kaycock. And you have those, plus you would create room by also uh, jettisoning off Dudley and Rondo, especially Rondo. You would have to eat the second year in his contract, which, again, I know. uh, You're going to trade Rondo or you're waving him? I would wave him. Uh, you're gonna have to eat the second year of the contract, oh. but you know I'm Rob Palinka's kind of walking up down that high aisle right now, and the Lakers office is going. You know what? I never should have signed Rondo in the first place. And it, if you, do, you got a big problem there, Gerald. First off, well, because why? Because you're he, not going to hold on. You, you unless, one, unless unless Rashawn wants to be waived, you're not going to waive him. He's you, a big you, part. You, of, you, you have that right, though. You have that right. You have that right, but by the same token, it's not it's not the kind of move that Frank Vogel or Rob Palenka are going to do. Rondo no matter has how bad, great, no matter Rondo how bad, has great respect in that locker room, and I wouldn't be surprised if if we ended up next year of Rondo retiring and becoming an assistant coach on the staff. Well, that one I, I've told you that one earlier in the season. I thought he would, as a player, I thought he would make a great right. coach. I've always said he that he would make again. a great coach. He would make a great coach, but. He should problem, do it now. Get Collison in there and get Iguodala in there. So you trade. You have five for five. Well, let's right let's there see if we can start with. Let's see. We, let's see where we agree. Okay. First of all, both of us agree. Here's the, here's the point. I think if the Lakers, there's two there's two givens. I think that happen, which are two players that you can get to sign in Collison and in Iguodala, who will extremely improve the team, and all you have to do is out bid or make a better case for going with the Lakers than the Clippers. Okay. And the way you do that is the Lakers just continue to win. The Clippers have already lost as many games as the Lakers have. The Clippers with Kawhi have lost as many games as the Lakers have. So the Lakers continue to win. They're going to get those two players. And there's no way anybody's going to trade for Iguodala at this point in time. It's not going to happen. So basically, if you start with those two players, that you're going to get those two players, that almost eliminates making some crazy moves. So then it really comes down to the Kuzma situation. What can you get from Kuzma? And if you can get a player like Bogdanovich, great. But I think a better solution, I think Collison is a better solution at point guard than Derrick Rose. For one thing, the money is so much easier to make. You don't have to get rid of as many players. And secondly, 
there's some issues with Rose. There's some issues with Rose and and LeBron. It's not it's not a natural thing that he's going to want to have that player. And also, you still got another point guard then, who basically is not going to stretch the floor. And that's one of the big problems that Rondo does. Even when Rondo was shooting fifty percent from the field, the guys were still leaving him open to take that shot for the obvious reasons that he does not have any gravity on a three point shot. Um, and that's still a situation with Rose. He's also got a second year on his contract too, I believe. Um, so I think that, you know, I would look to Rose, for example, if Collison was not available, if Collison decided to go with the Clippers or decided to change his mind and stay retired and, and devote himself to his ministry. But you can't, you can't turn down two players that would cost you nothing more than waving or using as trade ballast guys at the end of the bench. That's the first place. So I, I think whatever the Lakers do has got to be built around small moves like that rather than a big move. I mean, I'd love to get Drew Holiday or or the guy from Oklahoma City, uh, Schroeder. Uh, these would be impact point guards for the Lakers. Um, it's obvious that, that Miami's probably not at this point in time going to going to trade uh, their left-hander who just had 29 points. I the love affair with Davis Bertans is over when you realize how much he's going to cost? Um, you know, I don't think – I'm not worried about what the guy's going to cost. Bogdanovich is a free agent next year, and he's going to cost in the summer. Bertans oh, no, no, I meant as far as a price tag as far as a trade is concerned because I think when well, it comes I think down the, trade, to it, I, the price for either one of them is Kuzma. I think it's going to take more than Kuzma. I, I don't think so. Because uh, Kuzma, so. everybody's there's value to Kuzma because he's 24 okay. years old. He's three years younger than either each of he's those. He's young. Guys. He can score and he's cheap. I get that. I get that. And, and he's got he's got he's got two years to go that they can keep him as a as restricted for a second year. But the problem is, is that both teams, if you look at the finances of both the Kings and Bogdanovich, they've already committed more money than they're really anybody thought they would commit. And they're not going to go into the luxury tax for Bogdanovich. Okay. So he's Bogdanovich knows that he's going to be on the trade market. Bertans is exactly in the same situation. If the, you know, they could keep Bertans if they wanted. The Wizards, the Wizards could go into the luxury tax and pay that and keep him. But everybody knows they're not going to do that. So he's going to be let go. He's going to be traded. And so is Bogdanovich. Now the Lakers in a different situation because the Lakers the Lakers would have to make a decision, and a lot of it will depend upon whether they win or not. If they win a championship with one of those guys, they're going to re-sign them. If they don't win a championship with one of those guys and Giannis re-signs with the Bucks as a Supermax, then they're probably not going to, you know, then these are the types of guys that they'd be going after as free agents next in the summer of 2021. So they're not, they'd be going after Bradley Beal, and they'd be going after, uh, after those types of guys. Or Bogdanovich, you know. So I think that I think that there's a good chance that the Lakers would re-sign them. Um, it's going to cost them, and it would probably take them out of the running of a max contract player for summer of 2021. But if you win a championship with these guys, then then it's worth doing it. Those are the moves you make at that point in time. You don't care whether you're paying luxury taxes because we have the revenue that those teams don't have. It's all it all comes down to that. Um, now, Lakers exceptionalism, if they feel that they really had a chance and Giannis decided that he wasn't going to take the Supermax, and Giannis was still on the market, uh, 
I think it might be a Kawhi type mistake, if you will, not to not to re-sign a guy like like uh, Bogdanovich or Bertans because the money was out there, uh, and there's not going to be much competition for them. But again, the teams that are going to be looking to sign them aren't any of the better teams. They aren't a team where they're going to go to a winner. There's, it's not, you know, all of the teams that are now competing in the upper echelons, the teams that are in the top five or six in, in each conference, they're all spent up to the limit and, and looking at luxury tax possibilities if they go any further. Um, unless it's somebody that makes a trade for them. You know, they, I mean, we've all of a sudden seen that last year, I mean, sign and trades were like dead for like three years. And then all of a sudden last year, everybody wanted to sign and trade everybody. Um, so you know that the Warriors have got a have got a point guard that they'd love to sign and trade for somebody because they signed and traded to get him. Um, so you could see D'Lo being traded for somebody you know who's in a good situation like that. But I don't know. You see, I, I'm I'm not high on D Rose as the type of player who would be right on the Lakers. Um, I think Collison because all you have to do is jettison Cooker or Daniels to get Collison. I think we'll get Collison. And I think we'll get Iguodala because Iggy's got to have a point where none of the teams that he would want to go to are going to be the teams that might be willing to trade for him at the deadline. And at that point in time, he's going to look at, uh, he's already gotten half of his 17 million. So he's going to look at that other eight or 9 million and, and you know, he, he can easily give up four or $5 million in order to get a buyout and then choose where he wants to go. And I think that'll be with the Lakers. So I, I think the key is, the Lakers just have to keep winning. They keep they have to keep playing better than everybody else, and that will make people want to come to the Lakers. And I don't think they're going to make any other big moves. I think they'll make some sort of small moves. It could be for a guy like Bertans. Um, I think Marcus Morris would be a much more logical possibility than Marquise Morris. That's my opinion. <laughs> well, I understand that you know Marcus Morris would be a better option. But he's not. A, he's not. It's not by leaps and bounds over Markeith. Markeith is still a very good player, having a pretty good season. Again, he's shooting very well from the three point area, so it's not exactly like a, a huge downgrade. I'm just saying, as far as a package deal, because I know Detroit will want to get off those contracts in order to go ahead and and if they wanted to be interested in acquire someone like Kyle Kuzma and whatnot. But again, there's the issue of not having any picks. Because I know when it comes down to it, when you're bartering between a Denver, when you're bartering between a Clippers, mm -hmm. when you're bartering between Utah or any of the top teams that are out there, Philadelphia, what have you, you, you know, picks are always going to be involved. The Lakers are a little bit shorthanded in that type of situation. So that's also the reason why when I say I don't think they're going to get this player or that player or whatnot, that's also my reasoning when I say that as well. So. No, I think you're. I think you're. I think you're right in that case. We we definitely are are short. <laughs> We're definitely short on picks. To be I mean, what, to what what are you going to do? You going to trade yeah. for Anthony Davis, or are you not going to trade for Anthony Davis? No, I you mean, have to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so you made your bed, you lie into it. So right. you know that's that's pretty much what it comes down to. But let's, like I said, it's a good time though, and you said it best. The Lakers just have to keep on winning, and they're doing so. I mean, right. last night's game against the Pistons, a record 20 blocks. Just a, a, really just a block party that was just awesome to see. With the Lakers did not play well last night. No. And did not shoot well. well. They, just, they just fouled everybody is the problem. I mean, yeah, they, they, they just foul. They, they just overwhelmed everybody with the blocks, and that's what kept them in the game. As you've always stated, defense is going to keep 
the Lakers within this parameter if they want to go ahead and be at that top level. And right. you know they can go ahead and try and outshoot everyone, and their offense could get hot and uh, whatnot. But their defense has to stay with it in order to go ahead and beat the champions or come out at a at an NBA Finals level. So uh, we saw that last night. They can have a horrible game at you know, three quarters of what they're doing, but as long as they're going ahead and playing defense and blocking shots, that's what kept them in the game despite a horrible third quarter. And I'll tell you what, it was still impressive to see so much defense, so much importance laid in as far as the block shots are concerned. And it really frazzled Detroit to the point, especially in the fourth quarter, it got them intimidated and to the point where you saw the Lakers go ahead and and have that mental edge. And it's so nice to have that height. It's so nice to have those, those three players that can really do a number for you defensively. And as long as the Lakers keep continuing to win, even though it's not the most impressive, even though they've given up big leads in almost every game, it, it, you know, on this homestand, they're still winning, and that's the point. Right. The Clippers, they're just not focused. You know, there's there's an issue there sometimes. Uh, sometimes when they have a player out, like the past couple of games, they've had either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard out. You see the issues there. They have three players that scored thirty points each in the same game, and they're they're barely winning. Or they're you know they're barely losing, and the fact is is that the rest of the team for some reason just can't get it going and gelling with them, uh, you know. And that's something I think Doc Rivers has got to be concerned about because they only get up for a certain amount of players, a uh, certain amount of teams, and that's something that they have to address as a team on their own. But with the Lakers, they seem to do well enough each and every game that puts them out on top, and as long as they stay focused on the defensive end. They're going to be right there at the end. Again, little tweaks aside, you, they're they're still a great defensive team as long as they set their mind to it. And I think it just comes down to the mental focus you have for the rest of the season. I think also there's a there's two ways of looking at teams. Uh, when we got when we got AD and you have two superstars like LeBron and Anthony Davis and the type of defense that they're playing, I think one of the things that jumps out is that your superstars can determine not only what your ceiling is, but also what your floor is. And the Lakers have an unusually high floor just because of LeBron and AD. That's why they are undefeated against these teams that are under 500. It's why they can continue to do well on the road. Um, The Clippers can get up for single games, but that's not going to be as effective when you get into the playoffs and you're playing a seven-game series against the same teams, you're not going to be the Bucs with, with Giannis hitting five out of eight three-point shots. That's not going to happen very many times in a seven-game series. It can happen on a big one big game. And the same thing with Kawhi, Kawhi hitting all those threes and so forth. You watch the next couple of games after the Lakers game, and Kawhi wasn't hitting those threes, and he wasn't making those great defensive plays that, that he was able to make against the Lakers. Um, not taking anything away from Kawhi or even Paul George. But the simple fact is the Lakers, because of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, have a unique floor that is much higher than other teams. That's going to help them end up with a good record at the end of the year. And it makes them uniquely difficult to deal with in a seven-game series. And I think that's their big advantage. So I think if we didn't have Andre, Andre, Andre Iguodala sitting out there and Darren Collison sitting out there, two guys who we could get from the buyout market that could solve 
two of our three desperate needs. You know, we need a we need that third scorer, we need a second playmaker, and we need an elite wing defender. Well, that that elite wing defender is Andrea Gudala. That second playmaker, I think, is Darren Collison. The question about who is going to be that third scorer is another whole issue. Um, one thing I would say in favor of Rose. If you got a guy like Rose, he could be that third scorer. He is that third scorer. He's still good enough, despite not having the otherworldly athleticism that he had in his MVP seasons. And the guy is still quick, and he's crafty, and he's very tough to handle. So he could be the third scorer. Um, Kuzma could be the third scorer if he had a point guard who could get him the ball when he's open, you know, and, and when he makes great cuts and so forth. So the Lakers are, are, despite all of the differences that you and I may have on, on exactly whom they should trade for and, and what moves they should make, the simple reality is we lead the league by four games in the loss column. It's nice, four solid wins. We've got an easy schedule this month. In, if you compare the January to December, it's a much easier schedule. We should go through that schedule and – by the, I think by the end of by the end of January, we should have more than a four game lead. We might have a six game lead. So as we hit that February six trade deadline, a lot is going to depend on what happens with Collison and what happens with Iguodala. If we end up getting those two players, then and then it's then I think we might even just stick with Kuzma. I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and petition Adam Silver instead of this tournament <laughs> thing which we'll get, we're going to have to touch on it. I know I'm going to touch on it with TJ uh, Johnson. Uh, you know, whenever I, I can get hold of him, I, he tells me he's not feeling well, you know, of course the holidays. Now I hear he, rumors he might be on a boat somewhere, you know, sailing <laughs> the open seas. But I do want to, I know he and I wanted to talk about, so I'm hoping to get him on Friday. But for you, my friend, I want to talk to you about next week as far as the tournament's concerned, all the schedule changes and all that. But you think maybe we could petition Adam Silver to play the Knicks every single game in January? <laughs> I think it would be great. It would be uh, it would be the worst thing to happen for the NBA's television ratings. That's for sure. That's true, but you know, I would enjoy. Well, it. Well, the Knicks. True. I mean, didn't they get within three? I think Marcus Morris went off, and they got within three points of the uh, of the Clippers. And uh, I, you know, I was astonished when I saw that score. Well, since they made the coaching change, they played a lot better. And you know what? Yeah. If the Lakers don't keep their mind to it, they can get beat by any team on any given day. Yep. They've been getting scares lately, so I shouldn't say that too out loud when it comes but to you the know, but You know those scares, that's, that's that whole thing I'm talking about with the floor. When you, got well, AD, when you got AD and LeBron, you got a whole different floor for those close games. It's, you know, I mean, you keep I, – I, I had to admit myself. There were a couple of times last night I turned to my wife who's just – sitting there reading books while I'm reading magazines while I'm watching the game. And I said, you know, we could lose this game very easily, you know. It felt like a loss. LeBron takes a long three, and I'm going, oh, come on, LeBron. It it felt like a loss. It it did feel like a loss coming up, especially that third quarter where they just came out and just laid an egg. the fourth quarter after we got the the 17-0 run and we're up by nine points, all of a sudden we're behind by a point again. Yeah, so – that the resilience that you've got and and listen i mean just as a basketball player i've played so many games where you don't un, you have to really understand how important it is when you have the best player on your team 
I mean, there's a level of confidence that playing with LeBron gives guys that you can't get anywhere else. You know, it's it's not the same thing. It's not fair. That's the truth of the matter. It's just freaking not fair when you got LeBron James and then you got Anthony Davis, that three that he hit from the corner. First three of the night was just something beautiful. I mean, it's just amazing. So, you know, we have a high we have a we have a high ceiling that we haven't gotten close to approaching, but we've sure taken advantage of the high floor that those guys give us. It's it's very hard for a for an underdog team to take this team down the way that they can take down the Clippers, the Rockets, or any of those other teams that are out there. Um, and the Bucks have a little bit of the same thing with Giannis. They have the MB, they have the reigning MVP. And uh, he may not hit five out of eight threes in every game or even maybe just one game a year. But uh, when you got that guy on your team, you know, that, 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 that makes everybody just an increment a little bit better player, a little more confident. They know if they miss that shot, that guy's there and he's going to get a rebound and could turn it around. Well, fair enough, my friend. i tell you what, there's still a lot of things that we need to see from the Lakers before you and I feel – you know, really at ease with the fact that I think the Lakers still will be able to be a major force in the NBA playoffs coming up. And, and still there, I think there's going to be little tweaks, like you said, that need yeah. to be made at some point in time and still need to be addressed. The Clippers, you know, we can focus on them all we want, but still there are other great teams out there that still also have laid claim to being a force in the league and you've mentioned some of them as well so it's going to be interesting to see over the next few weeks as the trade deadline grows ever near and the rumors and the, on twitter get ever stronger and the fantasy trades that at laker tom will still keep throwing out there at everyone <laughs> because they're out there and you know always the comments alone just to read the comments that respond to you, you know, half of them think you're good, half of them think you should be institutionalized. And uh, <laughs> normally, I normally don't get as many negative comments as I've gotten on a couple of those trades. Well, some of them, a couple of trade proposals that I, I, all of a sudden, I look at my mentions and it's like 35 mentions. It's like, what? Well, some of them I, I had to scratch my head. I'll be honest with you. Some of them were pretty good. Some of them were, were yeah, just some. Yeah, again, it's all about the assets. What do the Lakers have as assets, yep. uh, you know, realistic and not realistic? What can they actually do? And what can they actually propose and compare to as, say, a Denver? Or right. as they, you know, some of the other teams that have a little bit more in the cachet, even a team like Oklahoma City, if they want to go ahead and be a major force in the league. They probably have more in the treasure chest than anybody right now. Yeah. Boston still has some left over that many hey, Boston, years that they have. I did. I thought Boston would not be as good as they are. Yeah, and and they have still a, not a lot of nice stuff in that war chest, including yep. that Memphis number one pick, I believe right. they still have. So they've got a lot of stuff. There's, there's, it's, it's so hard to go and ahead. The Rockets will always come through with some major. Yeah. And, not gonna, you know, you know that he's not going to stand pat. Well, Daryl Morey cannot stand pat because yeah, Daryl Morey will well. stand pat. I'll yeah. put that right now. Well, exactly. Cause and that's the, Clippers, the Clippers aren't going to stand pat either. No, no. They're going to make, the, make a move. And all of that basically says that the Lakers can't stand Pat either. No, no. And they can't stand, stand Pat. Pat. You lose. Well, Daryl Morey, I will just say this. It's obvious that, you know, the comments that he made over the summer have not sat well still to this day with certain yeah. individuals in the NBA right. and even on his own team, a.k.a. his owner. And if he doesn't produce a winner that goes to the NBA finals, I think he's out. I, I think they're going to just say, you know what, 
Trader Daryl, no matter how good you've made this team, you're out. And I and which would be a shame because to me, I think he's been a good GM maximizing whatever team that he has because he really doesn't have a complete team. But you know what? He he catered it around one player. And when you do that, that's you know, you're limited on your options. So yeah. you know it just it neither here nor there, but you know what, there's still a great season to get left to come. Trading season is now upon us. Crazy trade scenarios aside, if you want to check out everything that Laker Tom is doing, check out at Laker Tom today on Twitter. Also as well, his great articles on medium.com. And of course, to be a part of the conversation, throw out your crazy Laker trades and your crazy stuff that I saw, like even today when you're talking about the best Kentucky Wildcats or that are right now in the league and that list, I think, uh, you know, I love the people on Lakerholics.net, but some of them were scratching my head. Okay, having Jamal Murray, number 12, I think was really just, I think, a low blow. I think was just being mean. I'll just <laughs> say that out there. But, you know, because he's not, he's actually a lot better than that. You, you know, when you're when you're the starting point guard for the Denver Nuggets, you, you have to be a little bit higher on the food chain there. But, hey, it's not my list, so I'll just say that. But... There's a lot of things that are going on there at Lakerholics.net. So you got to check out the conversation today, Lakerholics.net. And for us here at Lakers Fast Break, again, you can always contact us on the Twitter as well, at Lakers Fast Break. You can give us a great five-star review at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You can subscribe. You can like us and do all that thing. Lakers Fast Break on, on Facebook. Of course, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. And I want to say again, Happy New Year to everyone out there, and a special thank you to everyone who's listened to us. Several hundred have listened to us on the Anchor channel, even more so on all the other channels that are out there, and also on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel, which replays the shows as well. So I cannot thank you enough for doing so, and hopefully a great season come up coming up ahead for us here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. But Laker Tom, it's been great talking, my friend, but before we head on out, we got to hear your thoughts on what's coming up at Lakerholics.net. Well, Gerald, I think everybody is uh, is eager to see what happens this month. And I think most of us are all agree that there's going to be some changes happening with the Lakers. Uh, I think just like we were talking about, our our competition is not going to stand pat. Not when the Lakers haven't ha- continue to have the best record in the West. So they're going to make moves. And that means basically that the Lakers and Rob Palenka have to make some moves too. So Join us at uh, Lakerholics.net. Become part of the conversation. Um, I think you'll really enjoy the quality of conversation and, co- and the quality of the posts and the comments back and forth. Um, it's it's a, just an environment that uh, I think uh, uh, intelligent fans that want to get away from a barstool type approach to, to sports and really want to talk with other people who appreciate the finer nuances of the game and and appreciate what's happening with the Lakers and the great team that we have this year. Uh, it's a perfect place for you to come and join the conversation. Although Julius Randle was kind of low as well. I don't know. <laughs> He's a former Laker. What can you say? You know, there's a lot of, I mean, basically, basically most of Below the people- Malik Monk, <laughs> Willie Colley Stein. Really? He's averaged 2010. I've, I've never been a big Kentucky guy myself because I, I've always thought that a lot of those guys were kind of overrated when they got in the league. Um, there have been a few of the great ones that have come through, but, uh, you know, it's uh, 
they're not, let me put it this way. I don't put them in the same category as I put John Wooden's, John Wooden's UCLA Bruins. No, no. And mind you, I wouldn't either, but come on. It's a, just a different era. Julius Randle below Tyler Eulis? Really? Really? Well, that's what happens when you go to the Knicks, man. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Well, it's been a great episode indeed. I want to thank you, Tom, as always, for being a part of the show. Just incredible having you here each and every time. I love the fact that you're so patient with me and dealing with all my eccentricities, I should say. And again, thank you to everyone out there listening that listened to us in 2019 and hoping for more great things here this season, right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.